0: Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. All right. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Great to have you here this morning. We're actually the title of the message is filled with the spirit and the importance of us being filled with the spirit of God. I'll tell you what, it's whenever we don't rely on the Holy Spirit that we start moving in our flesh and we can make a mess of things really quick. But with Jesus, we can do all things. Amen. Amen. And so there's an importance of allowing the Holy Spirit to take over your life. I mean, just to submit yourself to God, resist the devil. He will flee, draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. And so we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. And I, I want to encourage you, if you're here today and you haven't been praying for a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit each and every day, you're really doing yourself a disservice. We've been going through the book of Ephesians. In the first three chapters, we're dealing with What God has done for us. And then the last three chapters is now how can we serve God? And we can only do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, we can move in our flesh and maybe do a couple of good things, but not to the point, to the extent that we can do by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can do anything by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, you might think, well, yeah, I don't know about that parting of the Red Sea thing. Why not? Why would you limit God? Isn't God still the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow? I mean, can you imagine if we went to the the beach and we held up a staff and we parted the sea all the way to California? That would freak some people out, right? Then you just take your four-wheeler and drive all the way there? God still does crazy stuff that blows the minds of people, and, and He does that to get their attention. And I think that's why we're going through so much right now in the world is because a lot of times he can't get our attention when everything's going good but as soon as it goes south whoo we're crying out to Jesus aren't we and we're we're looking for more help and we're looking for more strength and so there's some beauty in the tribulation, and he, he, James tells us that tribulation let tribulation have its way because it produces joy in our life and it brings it brings character to our lives. And we start to see that many times God has to get us uncomfortable to get to a place where He wants to use us to bless others. But we wouldn't go there on our own. And so, whenever you're going through a trial and everything, are you trusting God? We just sang that song. How great is our God? He's the name above all names. So um, do you think he has a perfect plan for you? Um, did he promise you smooth sailing here? No, he said we would have much tribulation. Why? Because we live in a sinful world. We live in a fallen world. So don't be surprised if you fall into troubles. So today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about walking carefully in the Lord. Uh, he's already talked to us about walking Uh, Worthy of the calling by which we're called he's talked to us about walking in light not walking in darkness We looked at that last week today. We're going to see that we are to walk circumspectly that means to walk carefully and we're supposed to be thankful and encouraging one another and We need some encouragement don't we I mean it's a nutty world And so we're going to look at verses 15 through 20 today. Let's start uh, chapter 5 verse 15 He says, Paul says to the Ephesians, and I want you to understand something. This is not a corrective letter. The letter to the Corinthians was a corrective letter. You guys are like blowing it. He had to write two letters because, you know, it's like, guys, pull it together. But this, this letter to the Ephesians was an encouragement. And Paul telling them to be thankful, to be encouraged, to be excited while he's writing this letter from prison. And he was so excited, he bust into song, he bust into prayers while he was in prison saying, I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm here because I fulfilled what God called me to do. And now I'm witnessing to all the guards. It's awesome. (laughs) And so he writes this letter of encouragement. So he says in verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Sounds like today. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with excess with wine in excess or dissipation, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. Check this out for. All things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. Lord, we pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would minister to us right now. Lord, we're all going to ask in our heart right now for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill us afresh. Lord, just forgive us of all the junk that's plagued our minds and just fill us afresh so that the Word of God would just go right through our heart and minister to us in such a way that we walk out of here today different. Bless this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. He says, Do not be drunk with wine in excess or a dissipation, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, you might be here today and you might be born again, you might be saved but you might not be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, you got to understand, there's there's three things about the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. The Holy Spirit coming alongside us, the para in the Greek. The Holy Spirit coming in us, the EN. And the Holy Spirit coming upon us, the EPI, the epi, the epi. And so when the Holy Spirit comes alongside you, the Holy Spirit is calling you and, and, and reminding you who God is. And you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and then you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now you have Jesus Christ dwelling in you, the E-N. Now the Holy Spirit is not only with you, but the Holy Spirit is in you. Now, here's the great thing. Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, said to the apostles, Wait here in Jerusalem till you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the, the promise of the Father to give us what power, the power and the promise of the Father. He didn't tell these guys, remember at the end of all the Gospels, he gave the Great Commission, right? You know, go out and preach the word to everybody, every all nations. And then, you know, in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, baptize them, you know, and all these things. But here, he's been with the disciples for 50 days. He doesn't say, hey, just get out there and get busy. You've heard me for three years. If you haven't figured it out by now, you're never going to get it. He doesn't say that. He says, wait. We don't like it when God says wait. He says, wait. To receive the power and the promise of the Father. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's something that every believer needs. When I got saved, I went for years before I even knew what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was. And I was trying to do things in my own power. And I was getting frustrated. Oh, it was good things. It was godly things. But I just wasn't achieving what I could have achieved if I let God do it. And so, you know, at the day of Pentecost, when the church was birthed, that the Lord sent the Holy Spirit. And those that were in the room were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now they're moving in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that you and I need more of the Holy Spirit. You're born again. You're saved. I get that. But how's your walk with God? When was the last time you asked for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit? I need to ask every single day, all day long. Otherwise, I'll get defeated. You know why we get discouraged in our walk? We get discouraged in ministry? It's because we're doing it in our own power. When you're doing it for Jesus, you don't get discouraged. Oh, nobody patted me on the back. It's okay. I'm doing it for Jesus. Right? I'm not doing it for Calvary. I'm not doing it for Pastor Steve. I'm doing it for Jesus. And we want to be that example, that light on the public, that people look at us, they don't see us, they see Jesus. And that can only happen by yielding to yourself to the power of the Holy Spirit. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. I can do some things through my flesh. But boy, what can I do by the Spirit of God? D- it, can God be limited to what He can do in your life? Now you say amen to that, but do you believe it? How's your walk? How, are you excited about your walk? Are you excited about Jesus? Have you yield yourself enough to the Lord to where God can use you, can work in you and through you? Are you a blessing to people? You should be just radiating Jesus He says you should be a spiritual refreshment that when you you know, when you get around people, they're just jacked up for Jesus. You get excited. Right. And he refers to the baptism, the Holy Spirit as a baptism. And, you know, when we do a water baptism down at the beach and somebody gets dunked, we hold them down, we bring them up. They go like, woo! they're all excited. They come on the beach. What do they do? They hug somebody on the beach. And what does that person get all over them? Water. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. When I see somebody filled with the Holy Spirit, man, I need a hug. I want to get that all over me. Because we are to be filled up by the Holy Spirit and overflowing and pouring out to everybody around us. And then as we do the will of God, we're doing God's work. He He fills us up and all the power is going out of us. And then we become empty left to ourselves. And I got to say, Lord, fill me afresh. Woo! This world will beat you down. And um, let me tell you, if you're discouraged, it's because you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. Why? You've got to keep your focus on where we're going. As we look at the rest of the book of Ephesians, not today, but as we look at these final chapters... We realize that there's a list that's given to us of things that we should do, how we should respond, how we should behave. And it won't be able to be accomplished in our life apart from the Holy Spirit because he's going to talk to us about marriage. He's going to talk to us about uh, uh, children. He's going to talk to us about being employees and employers. He's going to talk to us about uh, fighting evil. And these are all things that we cannot do in our own power but only by the power i mean you you can't live a married life in your own power you, you got to you know <laughs> i ask couples many times who's the most important person in your marriage it's jesus because the other two aren't perfect at all and jesus has to be that center and so, my question to you today is, is what is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit? Some people say, well, tongues is. Uh, no, tongues is one of the evidences of being filled with the Spirit. Not everybody speaks in tongues, Paul made that clear. But the real evidence of somebody being filled with the Holy Spirit is love. That's what the Bible says love. Do you show love? Or are you grumpy? Are you someone that is exciting to be around? Are you the big downer that drags people down? When people see you coming, do they jump for joy or do they run for their lives? I'd love to be around people that are jacked up for Jesus because it, it, it gets me excited. You know what I'm saying? But see, when we aren't walking in the spirit when we're not being filled up each and every day in the spirit we're now running on our own energy our own carnal power and it's destructive it is we know Christians that are carnal but are saved right they don't go to this church they, they go to other churches but we know Christians that are carnal they're saved But they're not living for Jesus. And many times they'll say, well, you know, I feel like there's a lack of power in my walk. No, there's just a lack of the Holy Spirit. When was the last time you asked to be freshly filled? Oh, I was baptized in the Spirit uh, five years ago. (laughs) Guys, did you know that you can be filled afresh all day long? If, if you tell me the last time I was filled up with the Holy Spirit was five years ago, I'm going to seriously pray for you. I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm going to like, oh my gosh. How, don't leave home without them. What What are you thinking? This world is crazy. We need to be filled. And we need to take take the advantage of the access that we have. We are sealed with the Spirit when we become born again, we become saved. The Holy Spirit is dwelling in us, but there's a filling of the Holy Spirit after that that gives us the power to do all things in Jesus' name. And we see the examples in the Bible in Acts chapter 2. The day of Pentecost, when they were all in the room and they were praying, and it said, and they were, filled, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They're in there praying, waiting for Jesus. It's Pentecost, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just descends upon them like a mighty rushing wind in this room, and, and then there was cloven tongues of fire upon their heads, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And some people like to say, oh, no, that's when they got born again. No, it isn't. They got born again back at the end of John when Jesus came through the room on the resurrection evening and freaked them out. They were locked up in a the room. They thought they were going to be killed next by Rome or the Jews. Jesus walks right in and they freak out thinking he's a ghost. He goes, "Take it easy, it's me." And he breathes on them and they received the Holy Spirit. They were born again that night. He spent 50 days with or 40 days with the people. After that, And he was sharing that good news. So I'm I'm thanking all these people, not just the disciples on the evening of the resurrection, but they were all born again already. And now what you see here happening in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit to receive power. That was when Peter, filled with the Spirit, goes out, preaches his first sermon. 3,000 people get saved. That's a good sermon, especially if you've never done it. I study all week, give a message, nobody gets saved. I'm like, what's going on? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4.8, this was after um, Peter and the boys, they were preaching, they got arrested, thrown in jail, and now he's standing before the religious rulers. It says, Acts chapter 4.8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke to him the things of God. you got to be filled. <laughs> You want to open your mouth and hear stuff coming out and go, man, that's good. It is good. And it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4, verse 31 says that when they had prayed and the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. That was awesome. Peter and the guys come back. They were beaten for Jesus. They, when they were celebrating that they were counted worthy to suffer for Jesus' namesake. They tell these guys everything that happens. They start praying. They're having a prayer meeting. They're having a prayer. We're having a prayer meeting Wednesday night. I, you know, we've been doing it. It's been awesome. Worship and prayer Wednesday night. You get a full hour of just Jesus, just you sitting alone with Jesus and, and praying for people and encouraging other people. And every Wednesday, I wait for this very thing to happen. Acts 4.31. I'm like waiting for the, the building to shake. Because it says, while they were praying, the place where they were assembled was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they were filled, guess what they did? They spoke the word of God with boldness. Woo! Man, you see somebody out in the street that you want to talk to about the Lord? Don't go to the man, man and tell him about God until you've gone to God about the man. As you're heading for him, you're just like, oh, Lord, fill me afresh. Here comes this guy. I don't know what's going to happen, but here we go. Right? you got to be filled with the holy spirit because when you're filled with the holy spirit you speak the word of god with boldness acts 13:52 says the disciples were filled with joy and with the holy spirit oh man i don't know about you but i need more of the holy spirit we need to be praying. We need to be seeking. We need to be asking. You have not because you ask not. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given unto you. Seek, and it sh- you shall find. Knock, and it will be open unto you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it will be open. Ask, seek, knock. Take the first letter of each one of those words It spells out ask. Are you asking? It's right at the... Guys, there's no fee. Free refills. How do we love free refills? We love free refills. Why would you not take advantage of that? Now look what he says in, in Luke chapter 11 verse 12. He says this: "If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? Now check this out. He says, if you then being evil, you're like, what? He just called me evil. What he's saying is that if you as fathers being sinners. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the heavenly father who's without sin give you good gifts, give the Holy Spirit to those that ask. You have not because you ask not. And so we're going to be looking at things that we can only do by being filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're frustrated here today, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He tells us in verse 15, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Hello. Are the days evil? I mean, do they speak evil of good and good of evil? We're there. We're totally there. He says, redeem the time. What's that mean? Take advantage. Take, take advantage of the opportunity. God has set someone right before you. So many times we're like, God, use me. God, use me. God, use me. And he says, okay, go over there. No, nah, I didn't want to do that. I was thinking this. Or we just block them out altogether And he's like, okay, you know, Lord, I just want to have an opportunity with somebody. And there's that guy. And you're like, oh, not that guy. Give me somebody that probably won't hit me. You know what I mean? We we need to trust God. We need to redeem the time. Time is running out. I know you're safe, but we should never be Christians who are like, well, I got mine. Good luck to everybody else. We shouldn't be like that. We should be Christ like we should be loving people. We should have a love for the lost so much so that we're out there trying to see people get saved and come to Jesus Christ. Our job is to reduce the population of hell. And we shouldn't be comfortable until we could speak to everybody we come in contact with and share the love of God. You don't have to be a nut. You don't have to be crazy. I know they think we're crazy. But you know what? All you got to do is go to God about the man before you go to the man about God and say, Lord, give me an open door and just let people talk. They'll talk long enough and sooner or later they'll go, oh, you know, yeah, I'm going through this and it's really horrible and everything. And then you can go, can I pray for you? It's that easy. You don't come with like an agenda. You know, there's an agenda with some people. You just wait for the open door and, and God will use it and then he'll use you seize the opportunity walk circumspectly that means walk carefully walk carefully in this world be careful because it's a crazy world Paul prayed for an open door all the time are you praying for open doors that should be our top priority Lord give me an open door for ministry he says there in verse 17 or yeah in 17 therefore do not be unwise But understand what the will of the Lord is. Do you know what God's will is for you? Are you doing it? Let me encourage you. Get out of your comfort zone. Do the will of God. Seize the opportunity. God is revealing His will to you. Be wise and don't miss it. But grab hold of it. But here's here's the problem is the reason that we're not fulfilling God's will in our life is because we can get too distracted. We're busy folks, aren't we? That was a great place for an amen. (laughs) Right? We're busy. And I'm not saying you're doing bad stuff, but there's no downtime in your life, right? I mean, if you're sitting around, you're on your phone. You know, in my day, the phone was stuck to the wall. And it was dial up. And you get to number seven and you hit the wrong dial, you start all over. And when you left the house, nobody knew where you were. Computers were the size of refrigerators when I was a kid, now they fit in your pocket. And here's the danger we don't have time for the Lord. Because when I have downtime, what am I doing? I'm checking my emails on my phone. I'm looking at the website. I'm checking out this. I'm, I'm checking my Instagram. I'm checking my texts. I'm checking my phone calls. We don't even really use our phones for calling people. We don't want to talk to people. Just send me a text. Send me a Snapchat, Instagram, something like that. You know what I mean? And you know what it's done? This is why the church is Laodicea. Lukewarm. Because we're not spending time with Jesus. You know, when I went to the Philippines, I've been there a few times, but this one particular time I was going to the Philippines and I was flying in and I had my whole schedule. You know how you do that? (laughs) And then you're like, God, um, I just pray that you come in and mess up all my plans. Well, he did that. So as I'm coming into Manila about ready to land, I've got my whole outline, what I think I'm going to do while I'm here. And all of a sudden I just feel this, 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 this fear That What am am I really doing? I don't even know if I can pull any of this stuff off. And I found myself in my hotel room that night crying out to God. And he gave me a vision. I mean, a vision is something you get while you're wide awake. It's not a dream. And he gave me the vision of this lady's face. And I kept hearing grace, 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 grace. And put some money aside for her. And it was a substantial amount of money because over in the Philippines they work all day for a couple bucks. So I put this money in an envelope. I sealed it up. The next day I flew out to Cebu. And I got to Cebu and we were meeting our Compassion Kids, Compassion International. And here comes that lady. It's her face. And guess what her name was? Grace. I freaked out. I was like, no way. And, and, and I got to talk with her. And I pull out this envelope and I give it to her. And I said, the Lord showed me your face last night and told me to give you this. And she started weeping. She said, she said, you know what? I wasn't coming today because I was too busy, but I was praying this morning and the Lord told me I need to go. During the trip, I had this dream that we were doing a, a church service up on our property. We have a church property up in Nueva Vizcaya, Villa Verde. And during the service, this little girl had a seizure. And in the dream, we all ran over, and we laid hands on her, and she got healed. So that Sunday coming up, we got there Sunday. We had all these people gather around for our worship service, and we start doing worship, and all of a sudden, Pastor Lito yells out to me, Pastor Steve, a little girl's having a seizure. And I put down the guitar, and Lito and I run over there. We lay hands on her. She immediately is healed, and all the people freak out, so we give the gospel, and they all get saved. They were like freaking like, whoa, what just happened? I mean, she had the full convulsions, eyes rolling back, the whole thing. And in my dream, it was the same little girl wearing the same purple dress, laying in her mom's arms the same way. And I was crying out to God that night. I was like, Lord, why doesn't this happen at home? Why is it it's only on the mission field? Why are you moving this powerfully? Why are you giving me dreams and visions here and I'm not getting those things at home? Why? And he said to me, too many distractions at home. There's no downtime at home. When was the last time you put your phone away and just went off and was alone with the Lord? to reflect on the goodness of God and what he's done in our lives. How are you going to hear from the Lord when every five seconds something's going off on Instagram? Text message. Oh, Lord, I just love you. I just want to pray. Oh, Oh, okay. Let me get that. Lord, you know my heart. I just love you. No way. Really? Really? Get alone with God. You know, you might be here today, you might say, you know, my prayer life isn't really that great. You you know what works for me? Sing a song. You know, it's funny because I did worship for years. And, uh, you know, you're really focused and you're playing and stuff like that. I get that. But when I do worship at home by myself with just God, I can't even get through a song without busting down weeping. And then that'll open up your prayer time. It's so important for us to take time for God to redeem the time that He's given us. He goes on to tell us that He says, Be not drunk with wine in excess, in, it, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be intoxicated with alcohol, but be intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. Now, we talked about a little about this last week about drinking. And, and, you know, because you always hear people say, well, it doesn't say we can't drink. It just says we can't be drunk. I get that. But if you're here today and you're an alcoholic, you can't drink. No ifs, ands, or buts. You can't do it because you don't know how. You only know how to get just wasted. And the, the Bible forbids that. And so we need to be very careful because as Christians, you know, we'll say, well, how much can I drink? Well, that's a pretty good sign you got a problem. Right? And it's between you and the Lord. It's not it's not my problem. That's why I said last week, if you see me in the market and you got a six pack in your cart or a bottle of wine, don't don't worry about me. You should be, you know, that's between you and the Lord. If if you don't have a problem, okay, praise God. But if you have a problem, then you know that's why you run away to the other aisle when you see me. Can I go out to dinner with my wife and have a glass of wine? Absolutely. Bible doesn't forbid it, but, but, but see, the Bible talks to me about stumbling my brother. You know, so like somebody from the church sees me having a glass of wine with my wife out to dinner and they go, oh, look, Pastor Steve's doing, it. I guess we can do it. And then they go out and they just get hammered and they're shot. Then I've stumbled them. It's not worth it. Does that make sense? I did this wedding about 18 years ago. I don't know. You know, it was over the bluff at Princeville, overlooking the ocean. It was beautiful, great day. A lot of people from church were there. And then, you know, they did the toast for the bride and groom. And, and they went around. The waiters gave everybody a glass of champagne. And so we all had our glasses of champagne, and we were holding it up like this. And, and I felt like nobody was looking at the bride, but they were all looking at me. I felt like half the church was looking at me like, yeah, pastor, you go. That's my pastor. Show your liberty. Show your liberty. You go, bro. And then I felt like the other half were like going, no, don't do it, Pastor, don't do it. And so they did the toast, and, and, and we all cleaned glasses, and I just set my glass down. It's not worth it. Check this out. This might clear up some things for you. I read this report that most alcohol consumed per capita is done in Washington, D.C., Does that kind of clear things up for you? You know, when they do these late night meetings and you know, they spend millions of dollars in cocktail parties every night in Washington, D.C. So these guys, this is why there's so many scandals out there because then they all go out drinking and you know what happens when you drink. It's like a truth serum. Your real feelings come out. So he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the evidence of that filling is love. Do you love people? Listen to this. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Does that describe you? So I know a lot of people that are saved, but they don't have any love. And they're definitely not gentle. And their kindness is like way down here. It's easy for us to become a Pharisee and very judgmental and point fingers at everybody else and lack love. If that's you today, it's because you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. You're saved. You're born again. You're going to heaven, but you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Galatians 3, verse 3 says to the Galatians... Who are getting caught up in legalism again and going back under the law and the bondage? He says, Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? And how many Christians are moving in the power of their flesh and not in the power of the Holy Spirit? And guys, I get it. Sometimes we just forget. Sometimes we're running around here early in the mornings trying to get everything set up. We're having sound problems, audio problems. We're having all these problems and then somebody will go, hey, did did, did we pray? And we're like, "Ah, what a concept. Okay, let's pray. And then everything works out. It's crazy. And sometimes we can get so distracted with the busyness of life that we forget to say, Lord, fill me afresh. So this whole thing will work out. So that's why you pray before you get out of bed. Because you might step on a Lego and slip and crack your melon. Pray before you get out of bed. I talk to people that say, you know what, I pray at night when I go to sleep. I go, well, maybe if you prayed in the morning, you wouldn't have to pray for all those things at night that happened during the day. Right? I want Jesus 24 hours a day. I don't know about you. He says in verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We should be encouraging one another in the Lord, because when you talk about the Psalms, when you talk about the hymns, they're really when you're when you're looking at those things, it's the word of God, right? They're songs, but it's the word of God. So when you're talking with people, when you're meeting with people and and they're telling you about their their dreams or their desires or what they're going through and you speak the word of God into your life. Oh, my gosh, that's an encouragement. When you bust into a song, that's an encouragement. Music is so powerful, you can come in here feeling really good and be worshiping and start crying. Doesn't mean you're not feeling good, you're just so thankful. You can come in here and just feel destroyed like everything's collapsing and start worshiping, and next thing you know, you don't care about anything because Jesus is in front. Music is so powerful. Did you know Satan was the worship leader in heaven before he fell? Can you imagine that? He was the cherub that covereth. He was above the throne, leading people into worship, and he started digging on it. He's like, "Man, this could be me. I want to be like God." And there was pride found in him. Pride's the origin of sin, and he was casted out. But there is—he he energizes the children of disobedience through music. Is it music powerful? I mean, can it just like change your whole attitude, your whole mood? I mean, when you hear some of that rap, bust a cap, get that, you know, I mean, you just want to shoot somebody, right? When I hear that, like, driving music, some driving Christian music, and as I'm driving to the beach and I'm thinking, point break, woo! Da, 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 da. Powerful! I love it. So before I go out in the water, I put on worship music, because you know, you know how the last song that you hear sticks in your head? And it's a good thing. It can be a bad thing, depending on what you hear, right? So I, like, put on worship before I go out in the water. So I, I'm, like, singing that worship song out in the water. And, and then what happens sometimes is then I, I shut off the car, and I grab my board, and I'm waxing it up. And just as I'm smart, about to go down to the water line, somebody drives by with the, you know? I'm like, ah! Oh. And I'm out in the water going, boot, <laughs> boot, My son Austin knows that I, I like a good song out in the water, and he knows how things stick in my head. So what he would do to me out in the water, he'd paddle by me and go, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, we love you. And uh, chitty, chitty, bang, bang. And I'm like, shut up. But sure enough, I'd kick out of a wave and go, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, we love you. I guess my point is, if there is one, that when I'm filled with the Spirit, I want to worship. I want to sing. If you're someone that doesn't like worship, you know, when I first got saved, I didn't like worship. And you know the reason why? I wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. I was saved. I was sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was in me, but the Holy Spirit hadn't come upon me. And it wasn't until the Holy Spirit came upon me that the baptism of the Holy Spirit that I just wanted to sing and worship like everybody else. We need to build one another up in the Word and speak these these good words to each other, encourage one another in songs and hymns and and just, you know, beautiful speech. And then in verse 20, he tells us about being thankful. Are you thankful? In all things? In all things. In all things, be thankful. He says, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That seems hard. So like, I'm supposed to be thankful that I have cancer? So I'm supposed to be thankful that I got in a car accident and lost a limb? That's not what he's saying. Am I supposed to be thankful when someone does evil to me? That's not what he's saying. You need to understand that evil and tragic things that happen to us is because we live in a fallen world. We live in a sinful world, and God will not be blamed for it. But when these things happen to us, that we could redirect our thoughts and say, Lord, you know, I, I know this just happened to me, but I'm thankful that you love me. I'm thankful that you died on the cross for me. I'm thank you that you paid the price for my sins. I'm thank you that I'm going to get a new body. I'm thanking you that I have eternal life. I thank you that this place is not my home. be thankful in all things. Do you know what the number one most dangerous threat to unity is? An ungrateful heart. It can happen in a church, it can happen in a family, it can happen in a marriage where somebody doesn't get their way or doesn't get what they want. We can be ungrateful. Amen. We can be ungrateful. Amen? Amen? You know, I used to think back when I was a little kid how ungrateful I was. Because, you know, when you're kids, you don't even think twice about dad paying a mortgage. You don't think about where's the food coming from. Right? You don't, you don't think about that stuff. You just expect it. That's how we should be with our father. We should not worry about everything, but just know that he's going to take care of our needs. Just like your children, they don't worry about that you don't have money. Right? My kids used to say to me, let's go here, Papa. I go, I don't have any money. They go, you got checks. (laughs) They don't care. Why are we so worried about everything? But you know what? Even as kids, even as grown-ups, we can be ungrateful, right? I remember at Christmas time was one of the most exciting times because my my sister and I would wake up super early because we wanted to open presents. And my dad would say, no, not till 8 o'clock, because they'd like to sleep in. We would actually sneak into their bedroom and turn back the clock (laughs) and wake them up. And we caught them a few times, but then we got caught, and it didn't work out very well. But Christmas was exciting for us, and you get presents, because you know, this is great stuff, right? So I can remember my parents handed me a box. It's from mom and dad. I'm like, all right. And I open it up, and I go, clothes? Really? You got me clothes? You, you have to get me clothes anyway. You got me cl- I wanted a bike. Or maybe your 16th birthday, your parents, they got you a car. They're like, we got you a car for your birthday. You're like, you got me a car. And you go out in the driveway, you see this brand new car, and they go, oh, no, that's ours. We bought that. We're giving you the old Vista Cruiser. And you're like, the Vista Cruiser, station wagon, mom and dad's car? The kids are going to laugh at me. Or they tell you they got you a brand new car, and you're thinking, you know, we live on Kauai. The state car is a Tacoma, right? You're thinking, Toyota Tacoma, all the stuff on it, four-wheel drive, this is awesome. You go out there and you go, a Prius? Seriously? Can you be thankful in all things, even when it's not going your way? Can you be thankful in the storm? You know, I think about Moses and the people in, uh, people of Israel wandering through the wilderness for 40 years. Why? Because they were ungrateful. Oh, man. They were so close to the finish line. They were so close to the promised land. Because of a lack of faith, they didn't enter in. They murmured and complained. I mean, they were delivered from Egypt. Remember that? They witnessed the plagues that God brought upon, the power of God. And then it got so bad that Pharaoh said, get out of here. And even the Egyptians are like, get out of here. And they gave him money and jewels and riches. They go, we'll pay you to get out here. Just go before Egypt's history. And they laughed, And they're wandering through the wilderness. And, they, and all of a sudden, Pharaoh changes his mind. And he says, he says go after them. Get them. Slaughter them. Bring back, bring back the slaves. Take care of Moses. And and so they the whole army goes out after them, and then all of a sudden they see the army of Pharaoh come. They're trapped at the Red Sea. They're crying out to Moses, "What are you doing? You brought us out here to die." And Moses starts to pray, and and God's like, "Why are you praying? Get up and move." That's a word for somebody today. And he raises up his staff, he parts the Red Sea, right? And all the children of Israel go through the Red Sea. They get to the other side. The Egyptians come in afterwards, and the Red Sea closes up, swallows them all up. And you know what they do? They rejoice and dance and sing and make melody on the other side. Woo hoo! Everything we just read. They're like, yeah, Jesus. And then it wasn't short after that, they murmured and complained. And they were always murmuring and complaining as you read through Exodus and other places that it's just like everywhere they go, all of a sudden they're like, well, what, you know, what, 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 you brought us out here to die? We need water. We need food. We need, we need flesh. We need fish. We need this. We need that. I can't believe you brought us out here to die. Jeez, Moses, you're a jerk. We want to kill you. There was, there was a point where, where Moses said to God, he said, Lord, if you love me, kill me. <laughs> you ever felt like that? Lord, just take me home. They were ungrateful. Can you have a thankful heart in the storm? Can you trust God? Wasn't God faithful to them throughout the 40 years? He was. But how fickle the crowd is, the flip back and forth, how fickle we are. How can you look past your circumstance and trust in God? Paul and Silas, on the second journey, they went through Philippi. They're preaching the word of God. They get arrested and beaten to death. Not to death, but, I mean, just beaten to a pulp. And thrown into jail. It says into the inner jail. The inner jail was the lowest part of the jail. It had no windows. It was horrible. It was all full of sewage. And it says he locked them. They locked them in stocks. You know the stocks where that you put your feet in. You put your hands you're like this. You know. Said <laughs> so they locked their feet in in the stocks. And you know they're down there. There's no ventilation. There's just sewage. And it, if you had to go to the bathroom, you just went right where you were at. all this, Lord, I get for doing your will, preaching the gospel. No, he didn't say that. You know what he said? He looked at Silas and he goes, it's like midnight. Hey, bro, you want to sing some songs? <laughs> Silas is like, yeah, what do you want to sing? He's probably like, well, what's that little ditty you've been singing that what? Blessed be the name of the land and the planted Are the dreams of a, every blessing you pour. I mean, they just start singing and all... The, the prisoners are listening, and then there was this, I call it an intelligent earthquake. There was this earthquake, and the only thing that happened was everybody's chains fell off, and their cell doors swung open. And the jailer comes out ready to kill himself because if the, guards, if the prisoners get away, he's either got to serve their term or be put to death, or both, in a sense. He comes out, he's ready to kill himself. Paul yells out, don't kill yourself, we're all here. And he, he comes to Paul and he says, what must I do to be saved? And he got saved and all of his household and they baptized him. And, and I bet Paul and Silas said, you know what, that beating was worth it. Can you say that to the Lord today? That the beating that you've been taking in your life is worth it? we got to wrap this up. Whew. When things don't go your way and evil is being done to you, Just thank God for what he's done for you. Stop trying to do things in your own power and do them in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for just the reminder, Lord God, to not leave home without you, to be filled with the Holy Spirit.